to his eyes. Then a faint grin came on his face, and in a high, foolish voice he said, You won't get much more bacon, shall you, you little bastard? The dog faintly and dismally wagged its tail, then lowered its haunches, circled round and lay down again. There was another helpless silence at the table. Joe sprawled uneasily in his seat, not willing to go till the family conclave was dissolved. Fred Henry, the second brother, was erect, clean-limbed, alert. He had watched the passing of the horses with more sang-froid. If he was an animal like Joe, he was an animal which controls, not one which is controlled. He was master of any horse, and he carried himself with a well-tempered air of mastery. But he was not master of the situations of life. He pushed his coarse brown moustache upward, off his lip, and glanced irritably at his sister, who sat, impassive and scrutable. "'You'll go and stop with Lucy for a bit, shan't you?' he asked. The girl did not answer. "'I don't see what else you can do,' persisted Fred Henry. "'Go as a skivvy,' Joe interpolated laconically. The girl did not move a muscle. "'If I was her, I should go in for training for a nurse,' said Malcolm, the youngest of them all. He was the baby of the family, a young man of twenty-two, with a fresh, jaunty muzo. But Mabel did not take any notice of him. They'd all talked at her and round her for so many years that she hardly heard them at all. The marble clock on the mantelpiece softly chimed the half-hour. The dog rose uneasily from the hearth-rug and looked at the party at the breakfast-table, but still they sat on in ineffectual conclave. Oh, all right, said Joe, suddenly, apropos of nothing. I'll get a move on. He pushed back his chair, straddled his knees with a downward jerk to get them free in horsey fashion, and went to the fire. Still, he did not go out of the room. He was curious what the others would do or say. He began to charge his pipe, looking down at the dog and saying in a high, affected voice, Go in with me! Go in with me, Arta! Now go in further than thou counts on just now, dost hear? The dog faintly wagged its tail. The man stuck out his jaw and covered his pipe with his hands and puffed intently, losing himself in the tobacco, looking down all the while at the dog with an absent brown eye. The dog looked up at him in mournful distrust. Joe stood with his knees stuck out in real horsey fashion. Have you had a letter from Lucy? Fred Henry asked of his sister. Last week, came the neutral reply. And what does she say? There was no answer. Does she ask you to go and stop there? Persisted Fred Henry. She says I can if I like. Well, then you'd better. Tell her you'll come on Monday. This was received in silence. Then that's what you'll do, is it? Said Fred Henry, in some exasperation. But she made no answer. There was a silence of futility and irritation in the room. Malcolm grinned fatuously. You'll have to make your mind up between now and next Wednesday, said Joe loudly, or else you'll find yourself lodgings on the curbstone. The face of the young woman darkened, but she sat on immutable. Here's Jack Ferguson, exclaimed Malcolm, who was looking aimlessly out of the window. Where? exclaimed Joe loudly. Just gone past. Coming in. Malcolm craned his head to see the gate. Yes, he said. There was a silence. 
Mabel sat on like one condemned at the head of the table. Then a whistle was heard from the kitchen. The dog got up and barked sharply. Joe opened the door and shouted, Come on! After a moment, a young man entered. He was muffled up in overcoat and a purple woolen scarf, and his tweed cap, which he did not remove, was pulled down on his head. He was of medium height. His face was rather long and pale. His eyes looked tired. Hello, Jack. Well, Jack, exclaimed Malcolm and Joe. Fred Henry merely said, Jack. What's doing? asked the newcomer, evidently addressing Fred Henry. Same. We've got to be out by Wednesday. Got a cold? I have. Got it bad, too. Why don't you stop in? Me? Stop in? When I can't stand on my legs, perhaps I shall have a chance. The young man spoke huskily. He had a slight Scotch accent. There's a knockout.